These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. Hello, world. Welcome to The Funniest People I Know. I'm George Kouloris, and with me today is my very funny co-host, Alexandria Sweat. How's it going, Alex? What's up, George? Not too bad. Abigail couldn't be with us today, so joining us is friend of the pod, one of our favorite funny people, Sarah Breezy. What's going on, Sarah? Hi. I'm excited to be here as usual. Hi, hi, hi. Before we kick off, I have a little business I'd like to address Last week, we revealed that Abigail had performed the national anthem at the Braves game. That's um, so cool! I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And she tried to keep it a secret, Sarah. She did. She didn't tell us. It was a mutual friend who saw it and told on her is the only reason we even found out. I'm mad. I want to see it. Is it on YouTube? <laughs> yes, producer Jane is quite resourceful, and she found the video. And I know that if Abigail was here today, she would in no way approve of us playing this. So since she's gone, (laughs) Jane. That's got to be really cool to hit that note and have those fireworks explode behind you. I can't imagine what that was like. And I can't imagine keeping that secret. I know. She is so good. Who gets to just sing the national anthem at the end? Yeah, that? right? I didn't know that That's people a big knew deal. could do that. That's yeah, so it's cool. a real ass game. I mean, really. It's not Little League. Uh, it's Major League Baseball. I'm really proud of her, and I'm glad that we got to brag on her behalf because she would never let us do that. Yay! (laughs) That's what you get for missing a day of work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is work? I guess so. I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes it feels like it. I love it. We're going to kick off the show with a round of what's making us laugh. Each of us are going to share a story, and then we're going to pick one to dive into. Alexandria, what's making you laugh this week? Brownish. Okay. Tara, how about you? <laughs> What's making you laugh this week? My dog bit a squirrel. Oh. <laughs> That's oh. it. <laughs> we find different types of things funny. Poor squirrel. That's actually the whole story, so we don't really need to dive into it. But it was really weird. We've, we've already it. dived in. That's it, yeah. Your dog is adorable, so I guess everything he does is kind of funny. It was a funny bite. I'm laughing at the first lady's F-bomb. What? Oh, I didn't know that. I missed that. What do we yeah, want to dive into? You know the whole story about the squirrel. You want to talk about brownish? 
I wouldn't mind, but I'm kind of intrigued. Dr. Jill, what you, who you cussing now? Oh no, look this one up. I'm going to just leave this one to Google. Look up the first lady dropping the F-bomb and who she's talking about. She was mad. But okay. let's talk about brownish. The thing that's been making me laugh is the announcement that Kenya Burris and Eva Longoria have reportedly teamed up for Brownish, a series about a modern Latinx family. Now, for our listeners, if you're not familiar, Kenya Burris is the famous writer of Blackish, Mixedish, and Grownish, all successful shows. He also had another show on Netflix by the name of Black AF, which really was just Blackish too. The thing about this that had me cracking up is because I'm tired of this ish. I am ready for <laughs> Kenya to let the ish franchises go. And it seems like the rest of the general public is right there with me. Most of us are tired of this repeat of this franchise. How many ishes are you going to do, Kenya? You going to do like senior ish? Mm-hmm. I think that may be a thing, though, because I think there may be a spinoff also coming with the grandparents from Blackish. No. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much. He's turning everything into an ish. What had me cracking up was the comments from various news sources and different pages that were posting this story. So I had to share some of my favorite comments with the audience. Okay. Comment number one, I've had enough ish. Number two, can we stop this ish? <laughs> Number three, didn't George Lopez already do that? Yes. <laughs> That's a true statement. And lastly, how about abolish? Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys went off for me in ways that I couldn't think of as cleverly, and I really appreciate mostly everybody that commented on the shade room because you guys have no scruples. I have been cracking up this week at really the people. So thank you, people, for your sassy-ass comments. (laughs) That's really funny. If you were going to have an ish spinoff starring you, what's the show title? Paid-ish. Okay, (laughs) here's the pitch. I've just arrived to L.A., and I've just booked my first lead role, and it's me dealing with the cast of quirky people, eccentric co-stars, directors, Jane the Virgin or something where it's like a spin show type thing. No, I love this. Paid-ish. Because, you know, I'm getting paid for the first time. That's good. Well, stay <laughs> tuned it. for Paid-ish it. on ABC next season. Don't go stealing my ideas anymore. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, trademark, trademark, trademark. Last week, we did an Ask Alex where Alexandria gave some listeners advice. And one listener, Amanda, needed help dealing with her dad's conversion to becoming a QAnon conspiracy theorist. Mm. Yes. Apparently, his conspiracies were driving the family apart. There were a huge fight at Mother's Day. And nobody knows what to do with dad anymore. And Alex, you ended up suggesting that she gaslight her dad with even more outlandish conspiracies. And Abigail helped us get to that train of thought because she made very good points. If you just start saying things like, oh, my goodness, 
cotton is hard. Just something ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Like, no, dogs bark because they're speaking to the gas station person. You have to gaslight the crazy. I I didn't know what else to do. It made me think of that crazy tip of when you spill red wine and then you pour white wine over it, it helps get the red wine out. So if you're down oh, okay, crazy okay. full of BS, it's just like throw even more BS at him to kind of clean up the mess. So it's an interesting suggestion. So Amanda wrote us back after that. Dear Alex and Abigail, somebody was left off this email. Okay. I know where I stand, Amanda. Thanks so much for the advice. I cannot imagine never speaking to my dad again. Alex, I guess that was your first suggestion was to go. It was. <laughs> I was like, forget him, girl. Ain't gonna <laughs> so yeah, QAnon, you kind of just kind of have to write off QAnon people. That's my advice. My sister and I really responded to your idea of feeding him even crazier conspiracies. We're thinking awesome. maybe when he realizes those aren't true, he'll start to rethink the others. We could still use your help. We tried to come up with some, but they were all stupid. Oh, Amanda, don't call yourself stupid. Right. Um, The best one we could think of is that the pandemic was created by Netflix. Oh. I do Um, like it. I uh, like it. Do you guys have any other ideas? Please help me save my family by gaslighting our dad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, you guys, let's come up with some conspiracy theories for Amanda. Okay. The first one I have, of course, is our signature conspiracy theory that Whitney Houston was murdered. That is true, and there's plenty of evidence. It's a much different wormhole for him to dive into. Something that has an acorn of truth. Mm. The best conspiracy Mm -hmm. theory to have something that, like, some plausibility. The gas shortage. Mm. Yeah, that's a good idea. The gas shortage was started by the Martians who were upset that we sent the Land Rover up there. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. the Martians are hacking us. It was a Martian hack. Yeah, it was was a Martian hack. Yeah. And we're blaming the Russians. I like that. And there's this whole Russian space connection, too, with America. It goes back to the Cold Mm. War. The real enemy is the Martians. They're behind everything. Uh And they always have been. Maybe when Area 51 was popping, the Martians began their journey to hack into this system. And they were planning to execute it in Mm -hmm. 2021. In the spring of 2021. Oh, yeah. Time is different on Mars. This is a short con for them. Yes. This is two weeks for them, really. I bet you they gave us the internet just so they could hack us and mess with us. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. The Martians started the internet to eventually cause a gas shortage for a couple weeks in the spring of 2021. I see no better explanation. Amanda, I think that's that's the best one. The Martians are behind everything, Amanda. I would go with that. Oh, it's the red planet. Red planet and red Russians. Aren't Russians red? (laughs) Yeah, the Russians are the red. Yeah, it's a communist (laughs) kind of red, scary you yes. can make propaganda. Oh, this is good. Deep roots. Deep roots. Oh, I kind of like the story. I want to dive into this. This is going to be <laughs> your next short film. Amanda, hopefully your dad will buy into the Martian hack conspiracy and, yeah. and that'll save your family. When we save your family, let us know. We'd love to know what happens. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, Amanda. Yeah, you're welcome, Amanda. We won't Trade even charge right. you for this advice. <laughs>
This week, Alexandria and I had to watch the same movie for the pop culture <laughs> blind spot. We'd seen this movie, but didn't really pay attention to it. Responsibilities. Always heard people talk about. I had a bunch of friends that loved it. Then I tried to watch it sometime in my twenties, and I don't think I really paid attention. And I was talking to you, and I was like, maybe I should give this movie a real chance. That's how I was too. I watched it in my thirties. Also, was kind of bored and begrudging, so. I- <laughs> I decided to give this a chance. So last night, both Alex and I pulled up The Princess Bride on Hulu. <laughs> my name is Inira Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Hello. My name is Inira Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Stop saying that! Sarah, how do you feel about The Princess Bride? I think it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I watched it when I was a teenager, I think. But I haven't watched it in a long time. I felt like those iconic quotes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. marriage. Yeah. Quotable movie. Quotable movie, yeah. And it's often Damn. quoted by the most obnoxious people I know. So I mm. also <laughs> kind of, I think I had an aversion to it. I was like, I don't know what this I movie is. That. And you're really annoying me by constantly talking about Montoya. I hated it a little bit because of it. I can see that. The premise is there's a princess named Buttercup, which is a really stupid name. Such an unfortunate name. So unfortunate. Awful. It is um, kind of bad. It sounds like a horse name. Yeah, yeah it's a wonderful right? horse name. She's played by... The evil lady president, Claire, from the House of Cards. <laughs> and or, she, or Jenny. Or Jenny from Forrest Gump, that's right. For me, her standout is House of Cards. And so the entire time I'm watching this movie as on its side, I'm like, I know she can whoop all y'all's asses. I don't know why she's playing <laughs> sure. Damsel in Distress. This movie was clearly written in a very different time. <laughs> and we do not write women like this anymore. There were so many instances where Buttercup, my God, the name, would pick up a stick and she's trying to hit whatever thing is attacking her or whoever they're fighting. And the stick just pitifully falls. (laughs) Did your hand go numb, girl? What happened? She lost all her strength. And you know this woman. I know that she could pull off her high heel and put it right through that giant's forehead. There's no question she can handle it. She's a bad She's scary. Anyway, President Claire falls in love with Robin Hood (laughs) men in tights. And then Mm, I guess he mm -hmm. dies or disappears. I don't know. I kind of blinked and I missed that. (laughs) Me too. I was like, what happened? (laughs) Oh, they hugged and he's gone. First of all, farm boy, fine. Okay, I'm putting it out there. Farm boy is fine. Come through, blonde hair, blue eye. Realness. <laughs> you are just basking in this poor boy vibe, and I am living. Oh, he was sexy. All of a sudden, they hugged, and then... Yeah, like, when, cut to she's marrying someone who's not even famous. I was like, who is this person? I don't know them. Right! Why is everyone else famous, and they're not? Thank you, because I thought that, too. For some reason or another... She's captured again by a trio made up of Mandy Patinkin, Rex the Dinosaur from Toy Story, and Andre the Giant. (laughs) And I'm not sure why they kidnapped her, but they did. There was a lot of people wanting to kill people, and I just didn't understand. Yeah, nobody spent any time explaining why. They just were, and we just moved with it. Yeah. 
We did. Um, it was a fantasy. So then a masked vigilante, who's very obviously Robin Hood, comes <laughs> to save the day. And nobody, not even President Claire, recognizes him. He's wearing like a little Zorro mask. Yeah. I've never gotten that trope because I'm not stupid. So you can bet your ass I would recognize Zorro. <laughs> it's like Lois Lane doesn't know Superman is Clark yeah. because he don't got glasses on. No, it's so like, stupid. Come on, y'all. So stupid. <laughs> she doesn't recognize him either. And she pushes him off a big long hill. And then they both fall down the hill for a really oh, long time. Oh, that part's iconic. The rolling is, down the hill. It's really funny. And but it, again, I'm old. So the whole time I'm like, oh my God, she's going to hurt her neck. <laughs> I love that not his face, not his features, not his voice. It's the as you were, as you're yeah. like rolling down. <laughs> oh no, Wesley, the love of my life. I was like, girlfriend. But also, <laughs> Wesley, because I was very mad at the way he treated her before he revealed he was Wesley. He was kind of tossing her around when he rescued her. And I guess he was kind of salty that she was going to marry this friend. I didn't get what was going on there either. I guess he was jealous. Very different time this movie was written in. Yeah, I went to get some chips or something. And next thing I know, <laughs> she's captured again and Robin Hood is dead. He dies from this? He's laying down and everybody's saying he's dead. And Mandy Patinkin has to bring him to life. What's that all about? That was the pit of Dyer, the Dyer's pit. It was a pit and it was a Dyer situation. Mm. And there was an albino person that performed. I don't know any of this. <laughs> it's weird. a machine that sucked the life out of Robin Hood. And then Andre the Giant and Inigo Montoya show up with someone to try to save their friend because Montoya has a vendetta against this six-fingered man who killed his father 20 years ago. And he must avenge his death. There's so many things going on in this There was a lot going on in the end and it kind of all came together and he comes back to life they save the princess and they lived happily ever after. I don't know, Alex, I got to admit, I didn't finish the movie. It's fine. I got you. Pretty much that is how it ends. Robin Hood Men and Tights is half alive. And then he helps save her and they go off and I think they do farm things again. I was just really confused. It's cute. It was nice. I really like the banter and the sword fight. But mm-hmm. I should have seen this when I was nine and I would have loved it, but I saw it when I was 40 and I was like, okay. (laughs) Same. I really did enjoy the banter and the pacing of the movie. I thought the comedy was very cute and cheeky. It was like a pleasant little watch, but definitely a different time. The woke one in me was like, oh no, why are they saying these things? Why, uh-uh, he's talking about her bosoms. Yeah, so there was a lot of that happening as I was watching. It's fine. And if you've <laughs> seen it before and you like it, then it's, I'm sure, wonderful. Yeah, it's like one of those movies that you watch when you're a kid and then you watch again. You're like, oh, man, I remember watching this when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Sarah, you've been busy since the last time we had you on. Mm-hmm. You have become a new mom to a beautiful baby I boy. I am a mom. Yes. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. Being a mom is great. 
How was your first Mother's Day? It was so fun. We rented a house on Barnett Lake. It was like a small lake in North Georgia. And we took a boat out and our baby Nolan went on his first boat ride. And he was in his little life jacket. My parents came and it was also my birthday. So it was birthday slash Mother's Day. So I got to eat cake. I was like, weight on me, hand and foot. It's a fantastic day. Mm -hmm. It was really, it was great. It was a great day. Congrats. We're really happy for you. Thanks. Thank you. I'm glad to have you back on. Yeah, me too. I'm happy to be here. We got to actually see each other (laughs) for the first time in forever Mm -hmm. this weekend Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we made a movie this last weekend. Yay! It was so fun. I had such a good time. It was awesome. We shot a short film that I wrote and was also a first time director on, so definitely took on a lot for the first time you did (laughs) (laughs) it's called the pardoner sale it's a comedy inspired by jeffrey chaucer carol burnett and who's afraid of virginia wolf it's a interesting mix of things that kind of all come together the premise is based on a chaucer story called the pardoner's tale in the story the pardoner talks about how he goes to people's houses and he cons them and he sells them these scrolls written in latin that are supposed to save them of their sins and then he gets money from people and so when my husband chris who's a teacher of chaucer was talking to me about this one day i had this idea in my head i was like wouldn't it be funny if we saw a door-to-door salesman version of this in a comedy and i sat down last year to write this and the voice i heard in my head after that doorbell rang was sarah breezy's and so (laughs) It was really cool to get to write that with you in mind and then turn it into a short and get to film it with you. So this has just been a really great experience. It was so much fun. I haven't really done anything creative. Normally I'm running around doing improv. You're like the busiest comedian I know. That's Mark Kendall. But um, (laughs) (laughs) the second busiest comedian I know. I do try to keep myself super busy and and it was just bizarre when the pandemic started. I'm not doing anything creative. And also because I was pregnant, I wasn't even able to do outdoor stuff or even able to see anybody. And I was also really tired all the time. It was just so great to get to act again. And I was with all these wonderful people. There's such a fun crew and cast. Cast George, was really great. And George, you did such a fantastic job directing. It was so cool. I kept saying how proud I was. No, you were so <laughs> sweet. She just kept coming up to me and be like, I feel like a proud mom. <laughs> it was really encouraging. Just, just watching you, you did great. You were in your element and you knew exactly what you wanted. And that's what you want in a director. You want someone mm-hmm. to just tell you what they want. And you gave great feedback. It was really great. Thank you. If, yeah. There's one thing I'm good at, it's being bossy. So I'm glad that it's <laughs> translated positively in this scenario. Yes, yes. Bossy um, people make great directors. We worked with some really funny actors, Al Dollar, Christina Lidl, who just really brought these characters to life. And I'm super excited. I've watched the footage. It's so good. I'm so excited to share it. And there's one clip of you. It was the last take we did of this scene. And we're like, have some fun with it. I remember being funny in the moment. But when I was watching that, I literally threw my back out laughing. (laughs) I'm on maternity leave right now. All I'm doing is focusing on this amazing mm-hmm. human and wonderful but it's really nice to do stuff that makes me feel like i'm still a living breathing yeah, human being. yeah. <laughs> literally all i've been doing is watching 2020 and true crime for hours <laughs> while I'm watching, like all day long and i'm just i'm having nelson nightmares about <laughs> murdering people and getting murdered so. oh my god 
Sarah, oh, you yeah, want like... something nice like Parks and Recreation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I burned through all that at the beginning of the pandemic. All I have left <laughs> is 2020. We're going to go into the writer's graveyard and read the very first draft of the story I wrote when I was thinking of it as a sketch. Anyone who writes knows that your first draft hardly ever resembles the final. I haven't Mm -hmm. looked at this in months and months and months, but I just emailed it to you guys so we can read it. And Sarah, do you want to read the role of Alice that you did in the film? Yes, please. Okay. And Alexandria, would you like to be the partner? Sure. And I'll read Jim. Jim, a middle-aged man who hates his job, hasn't touched his wife in years, and dreads waking up every morning. Alice is a devoted wife and mother who's obsessed with Wendy Williams, Orange Theory Fitness, and me time with her shower (laughs) massager. The partner is a well-spoken charlatan who is just one sail away from achieving his number one goal in life, an outdoor hot tub. dining room alice is cleaning up the house in the late afternoon as jim smokes his pipe and reads the paper they're both startled by a knock at the door oh my i wonder who that could be at this hour it's 6 p.m alice aren't you gonna answer it it's probably a girl scout selling cookies go ahead and get six boxes oh not six jim Remember what Dr. Williams said about your cholesterol. You're not getting any younger. Alice opens the door and is surprised to see the partner, a strange man in all black instead of a Girl Scout. Good evening, madam. I am Brother Jeffrey from St. Mary's Cathedral, and I would like to present you with this little gift. Partner gives Alice a keychain. Isn't that lovely? Who's at the door? It's a man from the church. He's brought us an adorable keychain with Jesus's picture that said, God is my co-pilot. It's also a flashlight. How about that? It's also a flashlight. Damn, I was looking forward to Thin Mints. Thank you. (laughs) I will cherish this forever, or at least until the battery dies. Alice attempts to shut the door. The partner stops her. Well... I was wondering if you had a couple of moments. I would like to discuss the fate of your eternal soul. Oh, my. What does he want? To discuss the fate of our eternal souls. The what of our what? The fate of our eternal souls, Jim. Hello, sir. I'm Brother Jeffrey. What's all this about our eternal souls? Well, sir, I'm glad you asked. You see, I am here on behalf of the Archbishop. It seems he's concerned about your chances of entering the kingdom of heaven. Oh, no, Jim, I was looking so forward to heaven, too. The Archbishop, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Am I on candid camera? Come on, Jim, that show hasn't been on since the 90s. I assure you, this is no joke. Your souls are in peril. This sounds serious. No, Jim, he's from the church. You'll have to pardon my husband. That's exactly what I'm here to do. Pardon you of your sins. Pardon our sins? Oh, my. The partner pulls out a very official document with a wax seal from the briefcase. Ava Risha Esredic Omnis Mali. Do you know what this means? No, I don't speak Latin. It's a dead language. Oh, 
I took Latin in high school. So then you understand it means greed is the root of all evil. Yeah, sure. This is an official pardon of the Catholic Church signed by the Archbishop, Cardinal Sanders, and the Pope himself. Did you hear that, Jim? It's signed by Pope Francis. Yeah, I heard him, Alice. He's the good Pope, not all grumpy looking like the last one. What does this have to do with us? We're not greedy people. How much did you donate to St. Mary's last year? Gosh, I don't know. 500? Does that sound about right? Yeah, I guess that's about right. I think that's a fair donation. Look around. We're not rich. I noticed a brand new 2021 Hyundai Sonata in the driveway. That's my wife's car. That's a $30,000 vehicle. Didn't pay full sticker. I'm sure you sprang for the extended warranty. I'm not a monster. You're telling me you can afford a $30,000 car, but yet only gave your church a measly $500? That's probably less than your wife spends on pants at Lululemon. He's right, Jim. I have to buy a new pair every month. They're very expensive, but also very poorly made. Greed is the root of all evil. The good Lord does not look highly on those who indulge in showy cars, but fail to tithe to the church. Oh, Jim, I told you we shouldn't have upgraded to the leather interior. That's cheaper than cleaning the seats every time one of the kids spills on it. What can we do? I certainly don't want to spend the rest of eternity in hell because of my beloved Lydia. Lydia? That's what she named the Sonata. She just looked like a Lydia. So tell us what we need to do. Simple. You give me $500 now, and I'll sign this official pardon over to you. $500? And that's it? We'll be redeemed? That's it. Pay the man, Jim. $500? For our eternal souls, Jim. You know I've always wanted to go to heaven so I could meet Selena. <laughs> Fine. Well, the pardon redeems you for this sin. If you have any other sins, then we'll need to give you other pardons. Wait, what? Yeah. See, there's the seven categories. Avarici, greed. We've got that covered. Then there's also wrath. We do not have a problem with wrath. Come on now, Jim. You cussed in front of a man of the cloth, and let's not forget your road rage. Okay, got it. Light wrath. Then there's pride. I think you're okay there. How about envy? No, none at all. Well, I'm pretty jealous of my friend Denise's calves. I don't think that counts. It all counts. You don't want to be splitting hairs with St. Peter. Gluttony? Why are you both looking at me? Thin mints, Jim. Thin mints. Fine. That's it, though. No more. Well, the last one is lust. Have either of you committed acts of lust? Well, I never. We have been happily married for over 20 years. Yeah, add it to the list. Oh, Jim. Okay. It'll all come to $5,385. Get the f*** out of my house. Make that $6,000. Shut your mouth and pay the man, Jim, or we'll never get into heaven. This man is a charlatan. I'm not paying him for some bullshit paper. It's in Latin, Jim. Look, Jim, I understand. Times are tough these days. So tell me. What can I do to get you into heaven today? We want in. Listen, Jim, I know this sounds like a lot of money, but honey, think about your diet, your blood pressure, your functional alcoholism, and your family history of heart disease. You don't have much time left, dear. You need to get it right with the Lord before it's too late. 
Oh, we'll have to discuss why you racked up so much money and less charges. Fine. Do you take Venmo? Yes. You can find me at one born every minute. That is so painful to listen to, having heard the final. I regretted it and page one. I was like, why did we do this? This is so bad. It's so different now. There's some of the bones, but mm. it's very different. It's um, very different. And those last few lines, it's one, two, three, four. Four times Jim's name is said in the dialogue. Who says mm. someone's name that many times? Jim. Jim. Yeah. Jim. I think I cranked this out in about an hour, and it reads like it, but the bones of what we got to are there, so that's kind of fun mm. to see it, at least that way. The hardest part is now make it not 15 pages long. <laughs> That this was, is why you had oh, to make wow. a short film. That's, that's exactly that's why. why. We read this right. at a table read, and my friend was like, George, that's not a sketch. That's a short film. And she's like, I actually think you need to make it longer and turn it into this. So that was really the spark of it was, I'm never going to get this down to four pages. Let's make it 20. Mm. Michael Sokol always said, you either need to just go super long or cut it super short. But mm-hmm. George's sketches have always been that weird in yep. between. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first met you, George, I was an actor in a sketch troupe that George and I were in. I remember being, this guy's going to be writing pilots. That's where I thought you were going to go. You clearly have such a vision for your characters and you write your Mm -hmm. scripts almost like a TV show script would read. Mm. I knew you were going places. (laughs) (laughs) You actually made me kind of blush. Thank you. I really look forward to sharing a edited, much funnier, better version of the partner sale and glad that we could share a first glimpse with our listeners. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yes. Good to see you again, Sarah. (laughs) This has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to producer Jane Boynton, who edits the show. Thank you, Jane. If you enjoy the show, please like, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. We're available on every service, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and Pandora. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. Bye.